Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. We are very honored that you would come and be a part of this, our candlelit, our candlelight uh, service, and that we would be able to sing and, and, and talk and, and, and give great thought about this one that was born in a manger, Jesus Christ, the very God of gods, that come and, and, and enlightens our world. Well, we've been studying through a book called the Book of Revelation. For those of you that are visiting, it's the last book in the Bible, and it's, and it's a very interesting book. It, it talks about the coming of Jesus Christ. It, it talks about the end of the age. And as we've been studying through it, uh, normally what we do here at church is we, we grab a book, we study through it line upon line, word upon word. We try not to duck or hide for any of the hard issues that, that come within the Word of God. We, we want to study it all. But in doing that, I'm, 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 I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to speak on us uh, when it comes Christmas time? Because the book of Revelation doesn't lend itself towards that so easily. And we were in the 14th chapter. We talked in the 14th chapter about Jesus Christ coming and standing on Mount Zion with the 144,000 Jews who had evangelized the world. And that was in chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. I looked and, and I read uh, the last week uh, when I was trying to figure out what am I going to do, what kind of message can I give for Christmas that, that would be impactful for our lives. And I read the next two verses. I want you to, uh, to listen to these two verses and they, they lend itself for Christmas as far as, as anything I could ever come upon on my own thought. I believe with all of my heart that the Lord God has led us to, to take a look at these two verses on this particular evening. It says in Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, John writes, I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth, to every nation, to every tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. He says to the people, an angel flying in mid-heaven who is preaching an eternal gospel. An eternal gospel. It's a very interesting place in the Word of God. The salvation gospel that I will preach to you tonight is the same gospel that was preached years and years and years ago. Nothing has changed. Nothing should change. It is eternal. And so it is to be preached around the world to everyone as John says, it, it is to be preached to every single nation, every single tribe, every single tongue, every single people. And the fact that it is called an eternal gospel shows us that the gospel has never changed from the very beginning of time until now. It takes us as we are now in the book of Revelation, where it speaks of the coming millennium. That's the thousand year reign of Christ, the second coming of Jesus Christ, 
where he establishes the new heaven and the new earth. Earlier, in the book called Galatians, first chapter, verses 8 and 9, I I don't expect you to turn in your Bibles. I I want you to kind of sit and listen and and just think through what what the Lord might be saying to you in this particular place. Paul spoke of this gospel And he says there is but only one gospel that we are to preach. He says it this way in Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Listen. He says, If we, or an angel from heaven above, were to come and preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, that person, he says, is to be accursed. That means damned. He then goes on to say, as I've said before, I say to you now again, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, that person is also to be accursed or damned. Pretty harsh words, wouldn't you say? It appears that God is very concerned about his eternal gospel. He's very concerned about what is said from any pulpit, every pulpit across the United States of America and across this world, that we have but one gospel to preach. It is eternal. It was good yesterday, it is good today, and it will be good tomorrow. And so we are to preach it. And Whoever gives the message must be concerned that we do not say something that is contrary to what the Bible says we are to say. And so I exclaim or proclaim to you this, this Christmas Eve that you are just going to hear the gospel that has been preached throughout the ages. Nothing new. But I, I want to say some things about these angels. I want to say something about how the message is brought forth. And I'd love for you to listen. And I'd love to take the remaining moments of this night as we usher in Christmas morning. I'd love for you to think with me. What is being said? How important is it? If you're visiting with us and, and you've come because someone made you, you know, you just you had to come. Uh, okay, I'm coming. I want you to listen. I want you to hear what God might say to the stillness of your heart. Let's pray to make sure that that God will touch each of us. Lord, um, I ask you what I ask you every week, and that is that you would move me out of the picture. Father, move me aside so that I do not hinder anything that might be said through your words to each of our hearts. Father, would you do what only you can do, and that is bless. Bless the people who are here. And and as it says in the book of Psalms, that you would open up our hearts so that we might behold wonderful things from your law, so that you might share with us what you want for each of us to hear. And so, Father, I pray your blessings upon each family here, each person here. That, Father, what, what we do and what we say here will be something that would minister to each of us. Bless us, Father, please. And in return, 
may we bless you back. I pray for all of this, Father, in the most precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. So, what we have is an angel. Mid-heaven, proclaiming what is called in the Bible an eternal gospel for everyone to hear. It kind of breaks through the whole mold of, well, there must be many different ways to God. Well, God doesn't seem to think so. God seems to say there is an eternal gospel that is to be preached at this time for everyone to hear. And it's for you and me to hear. It is a gospel that, as Paul says, if, if we go away from it, that we are to be accursed or damned. And so I take it very seriously what I say to you. I consider it the most important thing that I do on the face of this earth is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now on top of this, as it said in verse 6 that, that we are to have this eternal gospel preached to everyone, John also writes in this 14th chapter of the book of Revelation, in the 7th verse, that there is also a a result that must take place upon hearing this gospel. He says three things. He says in verse 7, the angel then proclaimed with a loud voice, fear God. Basically that means that we are to love and respect God. And also he says, give him glory. In other words, we're to honor God. And also he says, we are then to worship him. That means to praise His most holy name. To love, to respect, to honor, to praise. Who? That must be the, the next question. Who do we honor? Who do we love and respect and praise? Well, He says we are to love and respect and to praise the One who has made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of waters. Isn't it interesting that of all the places we could have landed as a church, studying through the book of Revelation, we just happened upon chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. We come to a very particular place within Scripture on this particular date to celebrate Christmas. Because the question of verse 7 is just who is this one who has made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of waters? Who are we to love? Who are we to respect? Who are we to honor and praise? I want to take you on a journey. I want you to think with me as we go through some places in Scripture. As I mentioned to you before, it says that the angel flying in mid-heaven gives this response, gives this eternal message. We are told in the book of Hebrews a very interesting verse. It's in the 13th chapter, the second verse. Um, I, not, I don't have this in my notes, but I want to share with you something that, that I will never be able to forget as long as I live. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, this word, listen. It said, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Why? For by doing this, 
Some of you have entertained angels without knowing it. Now how freaky is that? Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers because by doing so, some of us have entertained angels without knowing it. Many years ago, when my son and my daughter were really young, just kids, we, we got offered to go to a trip to Kauai in, in, Honolulu, in Hawaii. Beautiful place, beautiful beach. We were on this beach. It was desolate. There was hardly anyone on this beach. And it was a coral over here. It had rocks over there. It had a big, big rock about, oh, I don't know, let's say a couple hundred yards offshore. You could swim to it and just sit on this big, huge rock. And off the side, there was like these other rocks that you could dive off of, but it looked dangerous. And so I said to the kids, don't go near that, right? Well, what do they do? Yeah, there they are. They're swimming by it. They're climbing on it. And my daughter, because I say to her, the coral is sharp, you can get cut. Sure enough, she cuts her arm wide open, about like this. And I panic. I'm thinking sharks, I don't know, blood in the water. I get her out of the water and I start to scold her. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere on this beach walks this man. He walks to me and he says, don't scold her, she'll be fine. I said, she just looked at it. I said, well, she did. She just, he said, I'm a doctor. She's going to be fine. That's not a bad cut. He says, when you get home, he says, you know how to make a butterfly uh, band-aid? He says, just do that. You won't even need to stitch it up. She'll be fine. And then he said, enjoy your vacation. Don't be yelling at your kids. Who is this guy? <laughs> Where did he come from? There was nobody else on that beach. I promise you, I'm not making this story up. A little bit later, I, I asked Kay, I said, where's that man that helped us? He said, I don't know. It has freaked me out since, since that time. I wonder. Got my daughter home. We washed it off and, and put butterfly things on it. And sure enough, it was fine. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing this, some of us may entertain angels without really knowing it. Well, I say that to you because uh, we want to take a look at who is this one that it says we are to respect, to honor, to worship, and to love. I want to turn to you the book of John. The book of John is the gospel. There is... There are four Gospels in, in the Scriptures. There's Matthew. That's written to show Jesus Christ as a king, king of the Jews. There's Mark. That's written to show Jesus Christ as a servant. There is Luke. That is written to show Jesus Christ as a man. And there is John. And that was written to show him as God of very God. I want to read to you out of the book of John. This particular place in Scripture changed my life. Listen to these words, please. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
It says he was in the beginning with God. Who is he? And all things came into being by him. Apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Yes, even the heavens and the earth and the springs of water and the sea. All of these things came into being. It goes on to say, in him was life. The life was the light of man. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness could not comprehend it. We're going to do something that we've never done here before. We're going to have the light of the world just kind of be a picture here in this sanctuary. What the ushers are going to do is they're going to light the candle on the first person. Then the one whose candle is not lit, just kind of put it sideways, light yours, then hold it straight up so the next person that doesn't have the candle that's, that's lit can then light theirs. And so I'm going to use this as the starting point for the ushers. Bible says there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man it goes on to say that he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him he came unto his own and those who were his own did not receive him but as many as received him to them, it says, he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were not born of blood, nor of the will of God, nor of the, no, excuse me, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And then it says this, And the word, which it says in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It says, and the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. We saw His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. You may, uh, I don't know if it was as lovely for you just sitting there as it is for us to see the candles lit. Who is this one who... It is said of him, the Word became flesh. The one who it says, in the beginning was the Word. The, the Word was with God. The Word was God. Who is this one who became flesh and dwelt among us? Why, of course, you know. It, it's the baby that was born in the manger. John wrote of him in, 
in, in John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him nothing had come into being that has come into being. John wrote of this same one in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7. He is the one who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. He is the one who has the message that is to be eternally preached. He is the one that we celebrate this Christmas. The baby that was born in the manger. You'll note that it was an angel preaching this eternal message in the Gospels. Speaking of who is this one who is to come. You see, angels served God throughout Scripture. Uh, They were called His messengers. As a matter of fact, the the word for angel in the Greek is messenger. A-N-G-E-L-O-S. It translates to mean messenger. Angels have always been instrumental in giving out the messages that were important to God. Let's take a look. For instance, there was an angel who was named Gabriel. Gabriel came to a man who was called Zacharias. Why is he important? He was married to a woman named Elizabeth. Both of them were beyond years of having children. Zacharias, the angel told him, that you are going to have a child. Your, your wife, Elizabeth, is to bear you a son. You will call his name John. He is John the Baptist, who came before Jesus Christ. It says he will turn, he will preach of the one who will turn the, the sons of Israel back to their God. It says he is the one who will be a forerunner before him, the Messiah, who would come and turn the nations back to, to, to worship the Lord. Zacharias said to the angel, How do I know this is going to happen? I am an old man. My wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to Zechariah, I'm Gabriel. Gabriel the angel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to you to bring this good news to you. Six months later, six months later, this same angel called Gabriel announced to Mary that she was with child. Mary, it says in verse 27 of Luke chapter 1, is a virgin. She was engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Her name, Mary. The angel, Gabriel, coming into her, said, Greeting, favored one, the Lord is with you. She, it says in verse 29 of of Luke chapter 1, became perplexed. Kept pondering, what kind of a statement is this? The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. That's kind of a common statement that the angels make. You have found favor with God, he said. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end, the angel told Mary. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit 
will come upon you, and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. For this reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Shortly thereafter, in Matthew chapter 1, we are told that an angel appeared to Joseph. He told Joseph about this miraculous birth of God's son living in Mary's womb. Joseph thought that Mary, having a baby, had to be from some other man. He had not had relationships with her. So he considered to stop the marriage. It says this in Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. In other words, he knew he did not, he did not give her this baby. And so being righteous, he thought, well, I'll just put her away. I won't embarrass her in front of the, the people. But when he had considered this, it says in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Common. They said that often. Take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Who is he? She will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. I want to stop there for a second. If those of you who are visiting and considering anything of, of Christianity, if you're considering it at all and wonder what, what just makes us as Christians so doggone weird about this whole idea of God and this whole idea of loving God and, and, and loving this time of the year and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, it's because this child grew up to be a man. This child grew up to do miracle upon miracle upon miracle and proclaimed for everyone who would listen to him that he is God in human flesh. And when John the Baptist, the one that was born for Zacharias and Elizabeth, when he saw Jesus Christ coming down from the mountain, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sin of this world. And if you want to know why we are so fanatical about this love, it's because our sin has been forgiven. You see, the fact of the matter is, we don't claim to be as Christians as this perfect people. We're not. We're sinners saved by the grace of God. We mess up just as much as anyone and everyone else does. The only difference with us, the, the reason that we are so fanatical about this love of this Savior of ours is because He has forgiven us our sin. It is the most precious gift in the world. You talk about a gift at Christmas time. The gift of gifts is that my Savior looks at me, a wretched man, full of sin, and forgives me, and gives me eternal life. That makes me fanatical. I'm telling you, I love him. I love him for what he has done for me.
And so when, when, when the announcement came and said to, to Joseph, I want, you to call, I want you to call him Jesus because he is going to save his people from their sins, I get it. I understand what is being said there. I get the whole point of what God wants to say to each and every one of us. This all, it says in verse 22, took place to fulfill what was spoken of by the prophets long ago, that a virgin shall be with a child. She will bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which translates to mean God with us. The baby, born in the major, makes this season so important for those of us who trust and believe in him because we understand that that baby is not just some baby. That baby is God who came to be with us. So the angels appeared to Zacharias. The angels appeared to, to Mary. The angels appeared to, to Joseph. And now we see they appear to shepherds out in the field. It says in Luke chapter 2, in the same region where Joseph and Mary were, there were some shepherds. They were tending their flock at night. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened, the shepherds were. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Common phrase. Behold, I will bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Jesus Christ the Lord. This, he says, will be a sign for you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And then it says this, Suddenly, suddenly, there appeared with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts. In other words, so many angels you couldn't count them praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom God is well pleased. And so the angels appeared to Zacharias, to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds. He also appears to believers, young and old alike. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said of the children, See to it, he says, that you do not despise one of these little ones, because, he says, I say to you that their angels are in heaven, continually seeing the face of my Father, who is also in heaven. And in Hebrews chapter 1, it tells us that, that the, the ministry of the angels is not just for children, but for us adults as well. It says, are they not all ministering spirits, talking of angels, sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. That's for you and for me. They care for us. And so from John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, to Mary and Joseph, our Lord's earthly parents, to the shepherds and to believers, and yes, even to Jesus Christ himself, the angels have a part in all of our lives. 
And so, when we got to Revelation chapter 14 and verses 6 and 7, to see an angel flying in mid-heaven, proclaiming for all of the earth to hear the eternal gospel, I, I, I was beside myself, thinking, Lord, how kind of you to bring us to this particular place at this particular time that we celebrate the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we too can proclaim the eternal gospel for every one of us to hear. You see, angels will play a major role in the birth of Jesus Christ, the end of this age, the second coming of Jesus Christ, and also to secure yours and my salvation, all of us who trust and believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Their ministry will be to gather us together, believers delivering us to heaven, Matthew chapter 24, verse 31 says, God will send forth His angels, and with a great trumpet they will gather together the elect, that means the believers, and they will usher them into heaven itself. In the meantime, the Lord our God gives us angels to watch over and comfort us. I want you to listen to some words of of the Apostle Paul, my, one of my heroes in the Bible. He's on the rough sea at this particular time, and he's being escorted to Rome to be on trial. The seas got so horrendous that the sailors had given up hope. The, the ship was breaking apart, and they couldn't, get, they, couldn't, they couldn't save their lives. I want you to listen to this story that happens in Acts chapter 27, as if it were happening for you and me today. Now, I will grant you, this story is a specific word for Paul and the sailors, but it also is the eternal message that is preached throughout Scripture, and that is courage and hope. Courage and hope. Paul is speaking he says to the sailors on the ship, I, I want you to keep up your courage, he tells them. There will be no loss of life among us. Just the ship. The ship is going to go down, but we will be saved. He says, for this very night, he says, an angel of the Lord to whom I belong, of whom I serve, stood before me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. Therefore, Paul says to the people on the ship, the sailors, keep up your courage, men, for I believe God. I believe God. I don't know about you, but the society in which we live today, the way the world is going right now, it's, it's hard sometimes to keep up our courage. Some of us have more month than we do money, you know. It's hard to make ends meet. Some of us have lost an awful lot during these times. I want to say to you what I say to myself. I want to say to you, keep up your courage. I want to say to you, as Paul would say to us if he was standing here, I believe God. I do. I wonder if you do. 
I believe you do. I, we have now ushered into uh, Christmas morning. It's one of the days of days for those of us who have family and get to gather together with one another. It's a precious time. I want to explain to you, in the back of the room, there are two tables, over here and over there, the only place there is. And there are elements. There are uh, bread and not wine, but juice, but pretend it's wine. <laughs> and when Anthony is playing songs, I, for those of you that want to have communion, just get up and go back and get some bread, get some wine and come back to your seats and, and shortly we will have communion with one another. Um, if you want to have it by yourself, uh, just as you're seating, pray, ask the Lord to, to bless this time. Remember His body, the bread, Remember what He has done for you, that He has died on the cross so that your sins might be forgiven. And when you take the bread, do that in remembrance of who He is. And then when you drink of the juice, the wine, remember the blood, the blood that He shed for you. The blood that was shed for the forgiveness of your sin. It's the most precious thing gift that the world could ever give. And so as we usher in this Christmas time, I, I pray that you will have communion with your, your family, whoever it is you're here with, and enjoy that moment. You don't have to wait for me to lead you in it. Um, just remember the bread and the wine, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness of your sin. I'll end in, I'll close in prayer in a while. Lord, I thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Yes, I thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice, you became nothing, poured out to death. Many times I've wondered at this gift of life, and I'm in that place once again. Once again Once again I look upon the cross where you died 
Humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside Once again I thank you Once again I pour out my life Now you are Exalted to the highest place King of the heavens Will one day I'll bow But for now Marvel at your saving grace Now I'm full of praise Once again Yes, I'm full of praise Once again Once again I look upon the cross where you died I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside Once again I thank you Once again I pour out my where you died I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside yes once again I thank you once again I pour out my life thank you for the cross thank you for the cross Thank you for the cross, my friend. Yes, I thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. I don't want to interrupt. I see some families praying together, uh, just praying with one another and, and taking of the, the elements. Um, if you're kind of waiting for, uh, for us to, to lead you in this way, just when you take of the bread, remember the words of Jesus Christ who said to the disciples, when you take of this bread, do this in remembrance of me. What he was going to do was to go to the cross. And he was going to give up his body so that their sins might be forgiven. It is the greatest privilege in the world that you and I have to remember what he has done for us. And if you can say that you know him as your Lord and your Savior, it is the most precious, precious gift that one could ever receive. And so with that, in the remembrance of what he has done for us, let's take of the bread. After they finished eating the bread, our Lord took up a glass of wine and he said, this is my blood. It's a new covenant. It, it will be shed for the forgiveness of your sin. And from that moment forward, there was no need for the sacrifice of animals anymore. It was just simply the sacrificial lamb of God whom John proclaimed 
is the one who takes away the sin of this world. And he went to the cross and he shed his blood for you and for me. Any and every person that would want to trust and believe in him, giving us the very forgiveness of our sins. And so he said, whenever you drink of this, do this in memory of me for the forgiveness of your sin. Thank you for being a part of this, our, uh, our first uh, evening service. And we'll do this again, it looks like, because you guys are too much fun not to be around. And thank you, Anthony. Thank you all for the wonderful music you guys gave us. Merry Christmas. Anthony said it all. He just simply said, Merry Christmas. God bless you all. Thank you all for being here. Have a wonderful, wonderful day today. Merry Christmas.